Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 79. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How have you been? So I've decided to do another solo episode this week. In all honesty, do you know what? I'd love to make things up, but I can't. I'm just way too honest. I got so distracted with doing the academy and doing the launch for that. 
that I didn't pre-book enough people. So I constantly have a list of who's coming on, what I'm planning, what I'm doing, and I know who I want on. And some people have even been asked, some people are waiting to be booked in, but I always make sure I have this kind of list of people that are coming in. And honestly, I got so preoccupied that I just hadn't kind of focused on, okay, when's the next interview? So anyway, hence why I'm doing another solo episode. As it is, at the day of recording this, I am literally recording an interview later on today, but I just thought I didn't want to rush it and I'd much rather do another solo and then throw you an interview next week. You might be sat there thinking, Teresa, why did you say all that? We would have no idea. But you know what? Like I said, one, I'm a very honest person. Two, I think you need to understand that everybody struggles sometimes getting organised, things get in the way. And honestly, this summer holiday seems to have felt worse than any other. For one, it's been really long. My daughter's going to have been off for two months by the time she goes back to school. Now, I'm not going to make it like I've had her the whole two months because I haven't. She does do um, a week with me and a week with her dad. So she does have half the time at dad's. So I guess in that way, I should be fine. However, when she's here, because she's well, she's not an only child. She's obviously got step siblings, but they're much older and they're busy and they're doing stuff. So really, when she's here, all her attention is aimed at me in terms of wanting my attention, wanting me to help her with stuff. So it honestly has been so difficult. And so this morning, I've got to tell you this story. I've literally just wrote an email that's going out today and that's you're going to see it if you're on my email list. But I've got to tell you this story because it was ridiculous. So I'm sat in my office working and I'd shut the door, which I don't often do, but I wanted to shut the door because I wanted to say to the rest of the house, I don't want you interrupting me. I'm, I've am i got stuff to do. Anyway, my daughter had got a friend staying over and I get this tap on the door I say, come in, and it's her friend. And she says that basically my daughter is in her bedroom, stuck in her coat and is crying. And I'm like, say what? She's stuck in her coat. I went in and she's got this new TikTok account, which she loves and is very excited about. And she, to be fair to her, has been creating some really creative videos, so much so I've said to her that I'd like to do an Instagram story takeover with her because she is really creative. And she decided that she was going to do this story that basically she was going to put her legs in her arms of her coat and pretend she was doing like a headstand or I don't actually know what the deal was, if I'm totally honest. But she basically put her legs in the arms of her coat and got them stuck. So she sat on the floor sobbing and I'm trying to get the arms off her feet, which are not coming. And I'm like, how on earth did you get these on? Because they're not coming off. I am verging on either screaming at her, laughing or just like falling about thinking I can't do this anymore. Anyway, after much messing around, I managed to get these this coat off her legs without having to cut it. But honestly, it just really made me think because that I sit down at my desk, I carry on working and I get tagged in a post by this big conference, this marketing conference that's happening that I'm not speaking at. But the conference, there's a, there's a guy speaking called Philip Kotler. And if you ever did any marketing formally, then you should recognise his name. My entire degree was talking about Philip Kotler because we used his book for everything. He's a real marketing genius. And if I'm totally honest, and this is going to sound awful, I didn't even realise he was still alive, just because obviously I did my degree quite some time back. Anyway, so 
I then get tagged in a post alongside this event or from this event that he's speaking at because they found my TEDx talk and they've posted it. So it's just like, isn't that hilarious? One minute I go from rescuing my daughter's legs out of her shoe, uh, out of her coat, and the next minute I'm tagged in a post alongside a guy that I learned when I was at uni. Like, honestly, life is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Anyway, let's get on with today's episode. Now I've told you about my slightly crazy morning so far. So today I am going to be talking about, kind of coincidentally, about how to get speaking gigs. Now, when I say coincidentally, it had nothing to do with the craziness of my daughter. It was more the fact that I was tagged in on a conference that was happening. But I'm going to talk you through some of the tips that I've used to get speaking gigs over the time. But before we go into that, I want to talk about why you would even want to become a speaker. Now, I'm not sat here saying you've all got to do it because honestly, it's not for everyone. And there's good reason for that, you know, because some people are not natural speakers and therefore trying to force everybody onto the stage will not be the necessarily the best advert for you or your business. Some people, unlike me, are really good writers and therefore books are absolute ease. Um, you know, or it might be something else. But I'm not saying that everybody has to speak on a stage. I'm just saying that if you do, or if you're thinking about it, then this episode is going to be really good in terms of how you get some more opportunities, because they can be tough sometimes. But like I said, let me start with why speaking could be a good thing for you and your business. Now, one of the things that it really helps with is obviously if you're a personal brand or you are your business. Because if you're going to stand on stage and talk, then that's obviously going to have a real positive impact on your business itself. But basically, I want you to think back when you were last at a conference and what did you think about the people on stage? And I don't necessarily mean what did you think of their talk or how they presented. I mean, why do you think they were picked and what opinion does that give you of those people? Because what speaking does is it gives people the opinion that you are the expert or the authority in that industry. Because surely if you weren't, they wouldn't have you on that stage. If you didn't know exactly what you were talking about, then you wouldn't be on there. So speaking instantly makes people believe that you are an expert and authority. And in all honesty, I hope you are because you know, that's really where you should be if you're going to be speaking on stage. Don't get me wrong. I am a big advocate that if we have a question and answer session and someone asks me a question, I don't know the answer. I will happily say, I don't know, but contact me and I'll find the answer. and I'll get it for you. But you are seen as the authority. Also, another thing I want you to think about is You know what it's like when you go into pitch one-to-one or you go to sell your services? Often when you are doing the selling bit, it's not necessarily the physical thing that you are promoting. You're really promoting yourself at that point. If we in the agency ever had a client that wanted to meet me, we don't do so much of this now. In fact, I need to do an episode on about how my business has evolved and transformed. But we did have an agency of much more active than it is now. And in those days, I would go meet people. Well, at that point, they weren't necessarily coming to meet me to check out. I knew what I was talking about or the individual details. They wanted to get a feel for me and what I was like and kind of have that back and forth thing. So imagine being stood in a room where everyone's listening to you almost as if, not that you're pitching because I don't do many talks where I pitch, but 
that you are having that kind of one-to-one conversation with all of those people, that you are the focus, you're on stage, they're all looking at you, they know your name. It's a great opportunity to, like I said, prove you're an expert, but also build that personal brand. So if you heard episode 63 with Colin Boyd, we talked about selling from stage. And I think I'm positive, actually, that I mentioned on there that I will do speaking for free. And actually, that's one of the reasons. If I am stood in front of my most perfect audience, then I won't necessarily charge for that. Obviously, expenses, if there's a lot of prep or different things they want me to do, then we might need to look at that. But actually, if someone's running a marketing event and I am stood in front of my most perfect audience, then actually the benefit of me being stood there speaking to all those people in that room kind of overtakes the money that I might be paid because I would rather be in that room itself. So definitely, definitely worth thinking about if you're trying to build your brand, if you're trying to build you as an expert, if you are wanting to become the authority on something, then speaking can really be a brilliant way in which to do this. And like I said, this has definitely been something that I have used in my business and now is part of my overall strategy in terms of building me and my business. So I've got five tips for you today about how if you wanted to start speaking or you want to start being seen more, some of the things in which you can do to start you off along your speaking path. Because I want to remind you that we don't all wake up one day and get to speak on the biggest stage with the best people being paid the most money because that rarely happens. So let's kick off with tip number one. Perfect tip number one, start small. Now, when I first started in my business, I never actually decided, okay, I'm going to become a speaker or I'm going to use speaking to market my business. But I just really liked it. And somehow an opportunity came up and I can't even remember how. And then I kind of jumped on that and the next one and the next one and the next one. And then suddenly realized I loved it. And I do. I'm one of those weird people that actually, what is it like? There's a huge fear of people speaking in public. Mine, oh my God, it just sets me alive. I love it. So, and and you might learn to love it. Don't get me wrong. I always get nervous right before I go on stage, no matter how big or small the event is. I'm always nervous, but it's good because it shows that I care. Anyway, side point. Back to tip number one, start small. So when I started, I spoke at loads and loads of teeny tiny local events. I went out to um, networking events. So, you know, you know that there's lots of networking locally. And I tried to get in front of those people and I tried to speak to those people and ask them if they wanted a speaker. Now, Often these kind of events, if they are weekly or bi-weekly or monthly, they're going to be looking for speakers. They're going to need speakers. So more often than not, they're going to snap your hand off and they're going to say yes. As long as they think you're going to be half decent at speaking or that you come across well enough or you know your stuff, then I'm sure they are going to literally bite your hand off. So that was the first thing I did. I literally spoke at loads of local networking events. And I went to lots of these networking events when I first started my business. So my face started to get known. And then obviously once I spoke at one, that helped then going to others, going, can I speak there? Can I speak there? Now, as much as I would have loved to have gone on a big stage straight away, honestly, when I first started, I was probably awful. I'm not even going to say that I'm amazing now. Um, I'll leave that up to you to decide if you've ever seen me speak live. But 
obviously, like the podcast, like anything, the more you do it, the more you get better at it. So that's why the the smaller local stuff is really important because the last thing you want to do is get an amazing opportunity to speak somewhere phenomenal and then mess it up because you haven't had the practice. And also by then you kind of get into your your routine, you get to understand how you like to speak or what you like to do. So for instance, I do not rehearse verbatim. I do not have a script. And I know that my good friends, Andrew and Pete, because there's two of them, they have to have a script because they need to know what the other one's saying. I don't ever have a script. I know roughly what I'm saying at every point, but I don't necessarily script it because if I tried to do a script and I went wrong, I'd mess up my entire thing. So for me, it took those kind of smaller ones and all the different ones I did in order to kind of understand how I best like to work. And the other thing is you do it for free. So I wasn't paid ever for any of them. In fact, it's only in the last year or so that I would say that I was really getting paid for speaking, but I don't view it as a revenue income. I view it as a an opportunity thing, like I said, which is why I won't always be paid and why I don't always charge. So for me, you're doing it for free. You're offering it out to as many local small groups. And even if you think, like, uh, no joke, I did a talk in on more than one occasion in a play barn to mums. I'm I'm serious. There's a local networking group called Biz Mums in Shropshire. Oh, I think it's actually the whole of the UK. But they meet in play barns. Now, if you know me, you'd know I avoid play barns like the plague even with my own child, even when she was little, to go into a play barn. So the fact that I then went and did a talking one seems a little bit crazy. But honestly, to get that practice, to get your name out there, and you also never know who sat in that room or who knows who has sat in that room. So for me, I've had some amazing people that have come to follow me and like my stuff and buy my stuff because they saw me speak in some teeny tiny little network event in the really early days. I've had clients come to me years later after me speaking somewhere. So like I said, do not sit there and think I'm too good for them because I promise you that everyone has to start somewhere. And also every opportunity is an opportunity. So please don't, please don't kind of sit there and think, no, I'm not doing that because actually if it wasn't for that, I don't think I'd be where I am. So yeah, that's my first tip. Start small, speak everywhere that you can. Tip number two attend lots of conferences. Now, this is for a few different reasons. One of the things that I did, now I do attend a lot of conferences anyway, but one of the reasons I did was because I wanted to see these other people speak. And in some, I've sat there and I've gone, oh wow, that's what I want to be like. And then in later ones, I've sat there and gone, I could do that. And in later ones on, I've sat there and thought, I should be doing that because that is right up my street. So, Conferences have really helped me understand kind of the speaker circuit and seeing other speakers. But I tell you the other thing that conferences are great for, if you want to speak at those conferences, attending them first is a great way to get your face in there, to network with the speakers, to network with the event organisers. So I have a really interesting, uh, I say it's interesting, you might not find it interesting at all, we'll see. Um, I have a story about my first American speaking gig and how I got it. So I went out to, in fact, I'm going to start a bit earlier than this. Right, I am a Lead Pages customer. You know that, I love Lead Pages. I'll hook them up in the show notes. It's an affiliate link. I love them, they're awesome. And they did a UK meetup, which 
was unusual because most of the meetups that happen are in the States because a lot of these companies are States. So they did a UK meetup and I went along and I met who is now my very lovely friend and a team member, Anne, who at the time worked for Lead Pages. And she was there and another lovely, lovely man was there with her. And I went along and I met these guys and I did this networking event and it was lovely and it was great to spend that time with them, but it just proves what opportunities can arise from a random Tuesday night in London at a networking. And as we're there, they were telling us they wanted to ha- use the hashtag uh, Lead Pages London, I think it was, anyway. And they were saying, we're going to pick a winner. And the winner gets one of two things. They either get Lead Pages the system for a year for free, or they get a free ticket out to the conference, which was in Minneapolis. And I had never been to an American conference before. I really wanted to go. And I said to them, I'm going to try and win this. And if I win it, I'm not going to get the free Lead Pages account. I want to come to the conference. So anyway... I worked my backside off using that hashtag every opportunity I could, really tried to promote it, and I won, right? So that was the first thing. How crazy cool is that? So I won my cost of my ticket out to lead pages, and they were very generous, and they helped me out with a few other little bits as well, which was great. I think they covered my accommodation, and I think all I had to pay for was my flights, which was amazing. Anyway, went out to the conference first American conference blew my mind. Like within the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh my word, this is a conference. The speakers were amazing. It was the first time I ever saw Pat Flynn talk, loads of other amazing speakers. And I sat there and thought, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to be on that stage next year. And the owner of Lead Pages was there and the event organizers were there. And we got really kind of chatty to them and started to really mix with them. And I said to them very arrogantly, which I say sometimes things a bit arrogantly, and I'm really not like that. But I said to them, I'm going to be on that stage next year. I'm going to be speaking on that stage next year. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then. The other thing that helped, I have to say, was that I was British. So I stood out a lot because there wasn't many British people out there. Also, I took like little British goodie bags to stand out. So I gave all the organisers and I gave the guy who ran lead page at the time and a couple of the team members, I gave them all these like little London and like British goodie bag things that I'd made. Anyway, I said to them, I'm going to be speaking on that stage next year. And lo and behold, one year later, through various different reasons and working my bum off, I spoke on the stage in Minneapolis, my first ever conference in America And it was phenomenal. And if I hadn't, well, if I hadn't have gone to that networking event and thought, oh, that's too much trouble to go down there. If I hadn't have won that competition, if I hadn't have gone that first time and networked with them, there is no way on this earth I would have been on that stage the following year. So honestly, attending conferences and being in front of people is huge. It's definitely worth doing. You stand out way more than you might do if you're trying to email them or send them a show reel or whatever it might be. So for me, if you really do want to make a point of getting to a particular event, that's the thing you need to do. You need to show up in front of them, network with the organizers, see the speakers and really kind of experience one. What is it they're trying to get from that? Like, what did they want their audience to get? And therefore, what can you offer them so that you would be a good speaker? Okay, tip number three make sure you're known for the content that you want to speak about. This might seem really idiotic because it's like, well, of course I'm going to be Teresa. However, in my industry, it's massive. 
like there is so much I could talk about. It's unbelievable. So the first few years of speaking, I spoke only about social media and therefore I was really focused around my content around social media and everything I did was strictly social media. Now in this last year, I've been doing a transition. As you know, if you listen to the podcast, it's called Marketing That Converts. I talk more now on stage about the overall sort of marketing process. I talk about funnels. I talk about sales pages and webinars and email list building, as well as social media. So you need to make sure that whatever content you're putting out there is the content that you're trying to reflect when you speak. So there's no good you saying, I want to speak on this subject. And then when someone goes and searches you, an event organizer looks for you, that basically they're then finding you talking about X, Y, Z, nothing to do with the thing that proves you're an expert in the thing that you are wanting to talk about. So go back and look at your content and think to yourself, am I putting the right content out there? And am I putting out content at all? Because if they look for you, they're going to want evidence that you know what you're talking about. And if you're not putting regular content out, then they're really going to struggle to get the idea that you are an expert at that thing. Because obviously they want to make sure they put on a good event. Their ticket sales rely on it. And therefore they're not going to have, or they won't want to take the risk if they're not 100% sure. Okay, let's get on to tip number four. You need to tell people. Now, that sounds like a really stupid thing to say, but if you don't tell people that you want to be a speaker, then how are they ever going to ask you to speak or invite you to speak or find you? So go back and look at places like your bios. Have you put speaker in your bio? Now, I'm not saying lie. I'm not saying if you've never spoken before in your life, and you've written the word speaker, then that's not ideal. However, if you've spoken locally, then put the word speaker in there. Why not? If you want to be a speaker, then put that in there. Also things like, are you posting it on social media? I have to say I'm really bad at this at saying, you know, looking for a speaker. And I don't do it that often, but it doesn't hurt every so often. Also, the images that you're using in places, are they images of you speaking? You know, are you giving people the right impression so that when they look at you and find you, they think, oh, this person is a speaker. The other thing that you want to do or you want to think about is where can they find out more about you speaking? So do you have a section on your website that is a speaker section? So I do and on there they can read a bit about who I am, what I speak about and get in touch with me type thing. Also, I've put together a PDF all about my speaking and what it entails and what they get if they hire me and my social reach and that sort of thing. So again, you might want to have a think about that in terms of what kind of things do you need to put out there and what kind of things do you need to say to attract those people that are looking for speakers and where are you going to put that? You've got to put these things somewhere. And if you are serious about becoming a speaker, then having a section on your website called speaker or something somewhere that people can read more about it is an absolute must. Okay, on to the fifth and final tip. Make use of every speaking opportunity. And what I mean by that is if let's say you are speaking for free, you still want to try and get as much out of that event as absolute possible. So Often when we're trying to get other speaking, people want to see us speak or they want to have some kind of evidence that we are a speaker. 
So ask them to, if you can take photos, ask them if they're having a photographer. And if they are, can you have access, royalty-free access to those photos of you? Ask them if they're filming it and can you have a copy of that film, that footage? If not, can you film it? And I have done this before at a local event. I went in the room, I set up literally my phone on a tripod, hooked up a lapel mic and recorded myself for loads of reasons. In fact, I don't think I ever used that footage for anything, but it's great to see yourself back. It's great to hear how you sound and what you speak like, which actually reminds me, I was listening to an episode, the Mary Hyatt episode, which was, hang on, because I've literally just said this off the cuff. I can't remember what episode it was. It was episode 77. It's an amazing episode. I loved it, by the way. But I listened to the whole thing. And oh my word, I say so a million times. And I used to be really bothered about this. And I have done a little bit of speaker training in the past where they try really hard to get rid of your ums and ands and so's and whatever those words are you might say. And right now, I'm over it. It's like, do you know what? It is what it is. I try my hardest not to say it too much. I try my hardest not to use those filler words. And I find that the more natural I am on stage, as in the more relaxed I feel, the better it is. I'm not filling those words. And actually, if you watch someone and they're quite nervous, they will chuck in those words all all the time. But I do use filler words. Everyone does. And sometimes... If you're trying to be too perfect, it can sound robotic and I'm not natural and I like being natural. So, so, (laughs) so if I say so one or two times or maybe 30, then I'm not that bothered as long as it's not taking away from the content and I'm literally not saying it every other second. I just think go with it. Don't stress out about it. Anyway, that wasn't what I was going to be talking about, but it just came up because it made me think about it. So ask if you can film yourself, if you can have photos, really make use of any social media. I often will say to people, not directly, I won't start my talk by going tag me in a post, but I will try and encourage them to at some point. So whether I challenge them, if I'm doing a talk on, uh, so I did one not that long ago on Instagram, well, that was easy because I challenged them to do something and said, tag me in so I can see. But obviously keep an eye on the hashtag of that event. Screenshot any that come up about you. That's one of my favorite things about speaking. I love to see all that feedback. I have a folder on my desktop. It's basically, um, it's actually called Teresa Love, which might sound a little bit full of myself, but I remember someone saying it, that it's, you know, it's your name and love as in people that are loving you and keep that for days of doubt. Keep that for days where you're sat there thinking, I'm rubbish at this, I'm no good at this, or for those odd occasions where if you put yourself out there and speak more, that you're going to get people saying mean things or behave not as nice as they should do. And then you can think, well, that was that one and look at all these others I've got. But also, as well as just making you feel nice on a on a grumpy day, it's also great for using in things like, this is what people thought of my talk, or this is the kind of reaction my talk gets. So try and use everything you can in terms of promoting yourself via that event before, during and after, but try and get as much out of that event as possible. Try and ask for as many things, like I said, videos, images. The other thing that I would consider, and definitely do go back and look at the interview I've already talked about with Colin Boyd. I'm going to have to remind myself of the number again, 63, episode 63. I'll link in the show notes. 
go back and listen to that because the other thing you can do while you're charging nothing to speak is you can ask to sell from stage or ask if you can have a lead magnet or ask if you can do something that makes more value of that actual time out. Because I'm telling you, the reason I now charge when I do charge so much is because it's not just about the 45 minutes you're on stage. It's about the time out of the business. So when I was in Cyprus, you know, we had sort of five days out of the business. Granted, I worked while I was over there, but it's the fact that you're flying in and out. It's the fact that you're not staying at home. It's the fact that I had to prepare that presentation. I might have to do research for it. I might have to tailor it. I might have to do whatever it is. So it's not like a two minute thing, stand up and just speak it takes a fair bit of work. It's not the necessarily the easiest thing I do. It's definitely one of the things I love more than anything though. So I'm hoping that I have given you lots of good ideas in terms of getting started on speaking. If it's for you, then great. I definitely highly recommend it. Like I said, I love it. And in all honesty, it really has helped my business in so many different ways. In fact, one of the last talks I did, and I know this is such a silly, simple thing, but I got something like 70 something followers on Instagram in one day, which is kind of unheard of. So honestly, there's so many different things that help and different reasons why you should consider speaking. If you do, I would love to hear it. So please do get in touch. In fact, you know, I love you getting in touch. I love you putting stuff on Insta story, tagging me in, showing me that you're listening. So please, please do that. I'll, I always share it and always respond. So I would love to hear from you because, you know, the other reason why I love to hear from you guys is because there are very little stats. Podcast stats are not great, if I'm honest. So I have very little stats in terms of who you are and what type of person you are and where you're from and what you like and all those good things that will help me then create episodes that you want to hear. So please do come and get in touch. I'm hoping that this is going to cause a flurry. So I'll be very disappointed if it doesn't, but please do get in touch because I would love to hear from you and find out more about you and your business. Anyway, that is it. I am going to leave you. It's a short and sweet one today as often are on my own, just because I like to throw some stuff at you and then leave you to it for the rest of the day. Have a great week and I will see you next week back here with an interview about LinkedIn. Yes, I've been waiting for LinkedIn. It's going to be a good one. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWearing.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.